0: Welcome to Ball Rock Pill. I'm your host, Coach Karan Godwin, uh, CEO of BallHallGloves.com. My co-host, Stephen Bardo, a Fox Sports Basketball Analyst, also the Big Ten Network. Uh, Stephen, how are you doing today?
1: I'm doing great, Karan. How are you?
0: I'm doing great. I, I think today's podcast, uh, we're going to do a little bit of uh, a reminiscing, um, particularly the time that you and I both met. Uh, I believe we we're, were out in L.A. Mm-hmm. Um, and um, you granted me with the opportunity to not only meet yourself, but uh, we, we saw a guy over in the corner, uh, Jerry Colangelo, mm-hmm. and um, it, he went to the University of Illinois. Uh, you were Final Four Illinois, so of course he knows who you are, and um, you, know you, myself, along with, um, i say about three or four others, were able to actually sit down and talk to Jerry. And uh, it was just a tremendous experience uh, for myself, especially, you know, at that time, you know, just, you know, that's over 10 years ago right now. So I was in my 20s. And, and just the perspective he gave. Um, what are some of your thoughts in, on Jerry and, and that night that um, he's actually able to talk to us and impart some of his knowledge?
1: Well, just the fact that he's one of the most successful sports executives that we've seen in the last 30 to 40 years and uh, how down to earth he is. Um, That's the thing that always really surprised me about Jerry is that, you know, he'll come up, give me a hug, like, what's up, what's up, how's the family? We ain't talking about basketball, we just talking about life. And, uh, you know, so he's he's a really good, kind of trusted advisor, friend type thing. You know, we're in the family because, as you well know, once you play at a college or or university, you're kind of in the family. so. Yes. He played at University of Illinois back in the day. Uh, so, you know, we, we have a kinship there. And we both have a, a yearning to see the program at its best. And so it, it was, um, you know, that, those are some of the things that stick out to me with Jerry's. Day. He's just a real, he's just a real dude. And, you yeah. know, he grew up in Chicago Heights, which is one of the worst neighborhoods in the country. Not just in the, the Chicago area. It's a bad area. It's been that way for a while and he's, he's very proud of where he comes from. So, um, you know, he's, he's an interesting guy. Uh, and like I said, I, I've, I've only been able to talk a little bit of business with him because most of the stuff we talk about is life.
0: Uh, and, and that's great. And from my perspective, um, just, you know, piggybacking uh, off of your relationship with him and going to Illinois, there's so much that I didn't know about him that I may have assumed. Um, for those of you who don't know Jerry Colangelo, uh, he pretty much owned everything, uh, every professional team out of the state of Arizona. He owned the Phoenix Suns. He owned the WNBA team there. He owned a soccer team there. He owned an arena football league team there. So everything in Arizona professionally, he, he pretty much owned. And from my perspective, just hearing his name as a young man, I just I just felt like maybe he was always rich. So the first lesson that, that, that I really got from that is this him talking about you know his humble beginnings and and coming from nothing and and once he said that you know he didn't come from wealth and didn't have any money at all, I mean my ears just perked up because I was like, well, how do you get from from you know Chicago Heights area not not having any money to becoming an owner? you know when we when we think about professional teams and owners, we always think billionaires mm-hmm. so so uh, for him to to start that story at the uh, University of Illinois, and just uh, basically talk about, you know, how he was able to use uh, his expertise, and and they knew that, you know, he, he was close to certain guys, and he had a lot of information, and even though he didn't have the money himself, uh, he was able to, to network into, you know, that arena where guys did have money, and that's how he kind of got it to ownership. Um, what, what are some of the lessons that, that you took away from his humble beginnings and where he was able to go?
1: Well, that, you know, we all have the same amount of seconds per day. I believe it's 80, 86,400 seconds per day. Um, and that, regard, like you said, from his humble beginnings coming from nothing. Um, that seems to be a common theme of ultra successful people is that they're not really given much to start but that they outwork everybody, um, kind of like your uh, tagline, work until. Um, you know, it's, there's there's a finish line, obviously, and he's hit it several times, uh, probably first a lot of times. But the thing is, he woke up just like we did this morning, and he had his to-do list, mm-hmm. and, you know, he has things that he has to take care of, and he's got to figure out a way to get those high-level activities done, first think about what's the best use of his time. How to leverage his time the best. After that, then he he you know he does a good job of you know managing his time, making sure that he uses his time for high-level activities. Um, and that's kind of the thing that I get because success leaves trails. It leaves a trail. And if you look at a lot of successful people, they get up early. Um, They do something in the morning. They have a routine that allows their mind to get set for the day. Um, They follow through the day a certain way, like maybe they don't have notifications on their phone or their computer that allow them to take uh, blocks of time to get really high-level activity done. Uh, And so those are the things, Karan, that I look at because everything basketball, there's a relationship with basketball to anything in real life. There, there, there's a connection, there's something there. And as basketball players, we've been uh, team disciplined and self-disciplined. And business, business people are no different. And that's kind of what, that's why I like hanging around Jerry because I like picking up little hacks, mm-hmm. things yeah. that he's doing, that I can incorporate in my game and hopefully help me. What would you take away from it? Uh, you know, that nice conversation, I think Rodney Terry was that's there. Rodney Terry was there. Uh, the head coach, of, is, is he still at Fresno State?
0: No, he just got the Texas El Paso job, I believe. Yeah, that's right. That's yeah, right. yeah. So he, he's um, he got a pretty good situation down there, going back to his, his home area and home recruiting base. Um, I, I took so many things away from that. And before I go into probably the, the greatest lesson of that night, you talked about, you know, successful people having a regiment. And, mm-hmm. and as you all know, in the basketball world, you know, a lot of basketball players are superstitious. So we all have a game day routine, which is actually a regiment that helps us become successful. So what you're actually talking about actually comes from just being a player, whether it is, I don't know, one sock up, one sock down, or I have to eat this certain type of meal. Like, we're all like that. Uh, can you just talk a little bit about a, your, your regiment and, and what you do on a daily basis that helps you to um, perform at a high level?
1: Yeah, Karan, when I'm in the offseason, which is now, um, even though I'm calling WNBA games for the Chicago Sky, it's still I still has a lot more flexibility in my schedule during the summer than I do during the year when I'm working with Big Ten and Fox. Um, so what I try to do is get up at least uh, 6 a.m. When I'm really doing well, I get up at about 5 a.m. Uh, I meditate. I pray. I say my um, – um, I have these scenes, and there's a word for it. Um, it'll come to me in a second. But I have these I some
0: of the affirmations, or affirmations.
1: yes, okay. I have three affirmations that I say, and then I use Evernote on my phone to plan out my day. If I haven't done it the night before, and if I have done it the night before, I kind of look at Evernote. I send myself a text so that I can get, I can look right on my phone. It's eleven fifteen. What do I need to be doing right now? If I've gotten off track, and so. The morning really sets up the day for me, Karan, because if I have a great morning, the day is great. If I have a bad morning, the day can kind of struggle. And so that's kind of my routine. What about yours? Well,
0: mine is uh, pretty similar. I wake up every morning. One of the things I learned, uh, just from a psychological standpoint and also spiritual, is that uh, the state of gratitude, uh, Mm -hmm. whenever you're thankful. And I wake up, I pray to God, and I'm always thankful. Because uh, negative thoughts cannot exist in a state of gratitude. So mm-hmm. you know, if, if you wake up in the morning and I'm thankful for God for waking me up, for my kids, for my family, for health, for, for everything that's going on, I'm automatically um, placing myself in my mindset in a situation where negativity cannot exist. Um, from then, obviously, you know, you got to get the kids together. You, you do your routine with your kids, your wife, and all that. Um, I think it's very important that, that you guard your irrigate. gate. And um, I learned that around maybe 25 or so, that you can control the words around you to a certain extent, obviously by who you're talking to and what you're listening to. So I usually start the morning, um, something spiritual, you know, being I'm Christian, uh, probably uh, a TD Jakes, you know, something like that, just because he combines a business mindset. Also with the spiritual, he can kind of connect those two, you know, because we already know that he's, he's an incredible individual as it pertains to, to business um, and also, you know, the word, word of God. So uh, from then um, I dive right into uh, probably working out, you know, so I'm probably listening to that while I'm working out. I don't listen to as much music anymore. I only use music for if I'm tired. So if I'm tired and I need something to pick me up, that's when I usually use music. So during is the day, the same Go ahead.
1: Why, how did you come up with that? Because that's you one of the first people I've ever heard that's, you know, and, and it's not unusual for guys to move away from music yeah. as we're older because we, we are getting exposed and, you know, things are picking up. But wh- how, how did you learn to use music as a pick-me-up? Because that's how it kind of sounds like what you're saying, correct?
0: Yeah, well, you know, music kind of changed a little bit, especially hip-hop, what I was brought up in. So the lyrical uh, content is not, uh, in these days valued as much, you know, they have something that they call mumble rap nowadays. Um, and also, but the production value the, the beats are very high intensity and, and they're pretty good. So the, the producers just took it to a whole new level and the rappers can pretty much do whatever they want. So for me, um, whenever I'm, I'm getting tired, obviously I can't use a lot of that, that content, you know, outside of Nipsey hustle and maybe a uh, Rick Ross or somebody that's going to speak entrepreneurship, something like that. The rest of the stuff, as you know, I'm just getting older. So I'm not into that scene as, as much. So it does provide the energy. So if I need to pick me up, you know, it could be like a cup of coffee, throwing a, a couple of those those beats and you, you just start going. So um, that's kind of where, where I got that from. Also um as you said, we only have a certain amount of seconds during the day. So for me, I'm, I'm on overload as it pertains to, to what I love, you know, God basketball and business uh, is is basically, you know, what I love. So as it pertains to business, you know, I get to get my, it's so much content out there and this is one of the reasons why voice is coming back and and going to take over, you know, we're, we're kind of going through that, that mobile phase where everyone's on their smartphone, and, um, you know, video is, is definitely uh, provides a high, you know, value of, of content to, to the consumer. But now voice is coming back because we're getting so busy that you need to be able to listen while you're doing something. So while I'm, I'm working out and I'm lifting, I'm able to listen to a T.D. Jake, Jakes um, or something else that's spiritual. So just, you know, I have those positive words and, and word in my life. And then right after that, I transition into business which um, includes Gary Vaynerchuk, you know, he's the, probably the number one businessman in the world as we speak, as it pertains to um, how to utilize platforms, social media and things of today's um, um, day. I mean, he actually has a, a vlog called Daily V, where every single day he puts out content he, and there's a camera that follows, follows him around. He shows you everything he does as a CEO of a company that's worth over a hundred million dollars. And um, there's so many life lessons that come out of just being able to watch him. He's kind of a mentor of mine from afar. And that's another thing that I learned, you know, in my late 20s, that you don't really have to know someone to become a mentor. You know, when people read the books, they can grow rich or rich dad, poor dad. Um, that's a form of mentorship because you're learning from these individuals. And um, in the Bible as well, I mean, you're learning. It's something that was written thousands of years ago, but it's still applicable today to what we're doing. So um Gary Vaynerchuk, and then after him, I kind of transitioned to um to whatever the latest thing is cryptocurrency or or whatever's hot right now. It just like so I can kind of stay ahead of the curve and um, just you know be emotionally intelligent and being able to make you know moves in my life that would better my brand, you know family and business
1: okay, I like that I mean um, how long did it take you to get your routine down like you know we all have these optimal days. When we're doing, we get up, we do our morning routine. We got that down, we got a workout in. Now we transition over into business. We get those things done. How long did it take you to get to the point where you knew what your morning routine, or your, uh, what an optimal day looks like?
0: Well, I, first I had to cut out anything that was negative or going against, you know, what I wanted to do, mm-hmm. you know? So, um, like I said, the music, like some of the things and the messages, that I was listening to in music really wasn't helping me to where I wanted to go, you know, and, and the few artists that were there, like a Jay-Z, MC da, da, da. those are the guys I kind of listened to coming up because, um, you know, you know, that that's what you do. You're going to listen to some form of music probably when you're coming up. But um, I, I would say, you know, just by cutting out things and just becoming more efficient, I think when you have kids, you have less time. So mm. it forces you, it forces you don't have time to just waste, so whenever I'm doing something, you know what I'm saying, I, I want some type of information that's going to better myself. And and just because, you know, guys these days are actually sharing knowledge, uh, just the same way I do in basketball, I, I share my drills for other coaches and players to actually perform, you know, and they hit me up all the time, you know, thanks for that drill, coach. Well, other people in business are just doing the same thing because people like to get back these days and it, it provides quality content. So I, I would say um, it's an ongoing process, you know, it, you tweak it, you, know, you got to find out what's best for you but for me it's, it's just so important to have a, a quality of life that's going to allow you because as you know you know if, if you don't have peace you know in your mind and in your situation man you, it's just hard to become successful you I know mean, I think people call it noise you know right. so how what are some of the ways that <clears throat> you eliminate that noise in your life because I know you've you probably gone through areas and different times of your life and, you didn't have as much peace as you do now.
1: Yeah, it. it you brought up a great point. Uh, when you're raising children, obviously they take first and foremost, uh, you know, of your attention, your love, your time, uh, and so you have to work work your system around them. Uh, my sons are older, 26 and 19 now, so they're you know basically young men. Especially my oldest is a man, uh, so I have a little bit. I have a lot more flexibility now. Okay. Um, So it took me a while to kind of figure out what was putting me in a negative light, what was putting me positive. Uh, You know, I had to really stop and and kind of look back and see and and remember some of those things. And so there were people that I had to eliminate, young players. There were people that I had to eliminate in my life. Uh, I was going to play college basketball. I was fortunate enough to play in the NBA. I was fortunate enough to play overseas. And I had to get rid of some guys that I loved, actually, guys I grew up with, but they were on a they were on a direction. I was on another direction, and uh, one of us would have come up short, and it wasn't only me. So uh, that you know, I'm very like you. You have an ear gate for the words and things that come into your brain. I'm um, I'm really a connector. I, I connect with people very easily. And I have guys that, you know, I'm a ride or die dude. If I love you, I'll take a bullet for you. But if I don't really like you, you may not, I may not even recognize you in in a room. (laughs) For me, the people that I associate with, my my circle's gotten so much smaller. (laughs) You know, a lot of friends, so-called, and all this stuff. I have a lot of associates now. I have very few friends, and I have even fewer people that I will give my time and attention to. And so. For me, that was the biggest thing, was to align what my values and what I'm trying to do with the people that will support me without me being anything different than what I am and that I will unequivocally support them in being who they authentically are without having to change, and I support that. And that takes, you know, honestly, I mean, I just turned 50, but that takes a while to get to. It took me a while anyway to figure out those individuals that – you know, I could really be myself around, share my aspirations. Because, you know, you can't tell everybody what you're trying to do.
0: Oh, no. You can't right? tell
1: everybody your dreams. You can tell everybody your dreams. And so, you know, I've got, I've got a nice core group of men uh, that we have, you know, really intimate relationships. We can be vulnerable. We can be, you know, sad. We can be upset. We can be angry. And we can support each other like that. And so that's huge for me. And that that's one of the biggest things that took me sh- – Decades to learn really about how to shed negative people that I was doing.
0: Now, and back to your other question about you know probably the biggest lesson I learned from just Jerry Colangelo, and you just mentioned you know we mentioned the word dream, and uh, I think that when Jerry said, and and, you know I don't know how you heard it, but this is kind of how I heard it. Um, You know I was looking at all his accomplishments. And obviously this is after he owned the sons and all this. And I thought that that was just the greatest thing in the world. But what he, what he said was, he said, gentlemen, you got to make sure that you enjoy the journey, you know, that you kind of like stop and smell the roses. He yeah. said, because you can work so hard that you kind of work right through it. Mm. And then when you get it, it's like, okay, what's next? You know, so that, that, that stuck with me over the years. You know, I have a philosophy, guy first on um, work until, but um, and I had to work at it. But him just saying that you have to enjoy the process, you know, I found that to be really the key uh, to success. You know, they always say trust the process, this and that. But you you have to fall in love with the process, mm-hmm. and, and and you see that once you fall in love with the process, it's not work anymore. Yeah. And it actually translates to other areas, uh, like I alluded to earlier. He didn't just own the Phoenix Suns. If it was just a basketball thing, then that would have been it. He owned a baseball team. He owned a soccer team. He owned a football team. Why? Because the ownership is a process. That's true. Once he fell in love with the process, now he can apply that to anything. You know? And I think he's a special advisor right now to uh, the Philadelphia 76ers. And just, just a great example. And I'm... Um, I'm just so, so glad that he spent that, that time with us. Um, what, what are your thoughts on, on when he said uh, to enjoy the process?
1: You know, Karan, I do remember him saying that um, at that juncture of my life, I was not nearly as, um, what's the word, not stable. I've been stable, but um, <laughs> maybe I wasn't as focused. How about that? Yeah. I, I was wasn't quite as focused, and now looking back at that, Whenever I've had really good success, whether it's been broadcasting, whether it's been playing, whether it's been some entrepreneurial stuff on the side, um, whenever I've been successful at that, I have enjoyed the process. I have enjoyed trying to get one customer at a time and making sure that that customer is satisfied and that I've done everything in my power to make sure that they feel like this was a great transaction and hopefully they'll come back again. That's not always fun. But I'm kind of a people person, like I was saying before. And when I learned that that one idea, that building a building the business is, is like building relationships. And it's one on one really. You know, you can you can pop and that's good, but but how you start you know, on a Tuesday afternoon when nobody's around and you put a piece of product out and nobody looks at it, you know, you still have to really enjoy that process because it's it's all those Tuesdays that build on one another that all of a sudden somebody says, oh man, you're overnight success. No, I've been doing this for 10 years. I mean, you know, this has been 10 years in the making. And so to enjoy that, to get better at say editing, to get better at interviewing, to get better at presenting yourself uh, in front of the camera, to get better at uh, knowing the time and how to post. And you know, one of the things that you do very well with your content, your titles are very catchy. So they get you know, that I click on them. I click on them anyway because I support you. But I click on because it, it's like, man, what? Oh, wait a minute, for real? Like, I like that. You know, I, I, and so you getting better at those titles for your videos to entice people, you know, that's gotta feel good for you because I'm sure there was a time when you weren't very good at it and you weren't quite getting the responses that you would have preferred. But now you're getting those responses because of the process because you keep trying things you go back you look at it and so i I, you know i understand that concept now but when he told us that back then karan i was not nearly as focused as you've been uh but i can definitely see where that would resonate with you and it it, you know looking back on like i said any area that i've had really good success Mm -hmm. um, i've done the same thing i've enjoyed going to practice getting up 500 jumpers i've enjoyed reading game notes of teams so that I'm well-versed in some of the nuggets that I need on the air.
0: Yeah, and I think that part of that process is the ability. When you say fall in love with something, that usually means you'll do it for free, you mm-hmm. know. Uh, just like what we're doing right now. We're not getting paid for this. It's just part of the process. It's information that you and I, along with Myson want to get out to the general public that we feel like they need as it pertains to becoming or using basketball to become successful in life. But um, what's your take on the ability to actually work for free? Because, you know, a lot of people have the mentality, you're not going to pay me, I'm not going to do it. But the process, I mean, the internships, I mean, being able to work for free, like, you can just learn so much about whatever craft uh, that that you want to, you know, partake in. What's your take in in, in being able to work for free?
1: Well, I'll give you a personal example. Arnie Duncan is a good friend of mine, former U.S. education secretary, hoop head. This dude still plays, loves a game, loves it. Uh, I just reached back out to Arnie, hadn't been in contact with him for a while. I told him, Arnie, I'm looking for um, opportunities to uh, volunteer. I like what he's doing. He's going into prisons here in the Chicagoland area, talking to inmates and, tell, and asking them, how much money would it take you to stay away from drugs, from dealing drugs? You know, how much money would you need to make to where you feel like, okay, I can stay away from that? And then what he does, he goes to these corporations around the Chicagoland area and works down an agreement where they can hire these guys coming out of jail, put them in situations where they can make 15 18 $20 an hour so they can feel like they can feed their families in a legal setting and learn a, and learn a skill. So Arnie was, you know, appreciative that I reached out to him and that I made that offer. He hasn't come back to me yet, but I know Arnie, he will. And the fact that I can volunteer for a guy that's making an impact in our community the way that he is, um, I'm going to learn a ton. And I don't even know, I don't know what he's going to have me doing. I don't even know if he's, you know, if he's even really thought about it. But when he does bring me in, Karan, I will be learning so much about what's really going on. You know, like I've been blessed. I haven't had to go. Uh, I hadn't. I didn't think that I ever had to go the route of a legal to take care of my family. Whereas sometimes, as you well know, you grew up with cats that around where you came from. A lot of guys, man. If, if you didn't take the school and you didn't have a support system, maybe that that really fun towards positive things. You end up on the negative side of the ledger. And so, you know, for me to be able to now work with you, work with Meissen. we're trying to give back with this podcast for young people, but now that I can go and work with Arnie Duncan and the experiences that I'll get from whatever he's gonna have me doing, I can bring back to what you and I are doing to try to help these young people in uh, bridging um, coming from youth to an adult using basketball as a, as a means. So that's a good example of what you're talking about, what you could do for free, and how much information and experience you can get from that, you can't put a price tag on that.
0: Yeah, and, and it's, um, it, it's crazy that you say that because this basketball training thing is something that I started doing around 14 years old. Um, mm-hmm. After being rejected by somebody that was a star in my local um, high school area, you know, I said to myself, you know, if I ever had the opportunity to give back, then I would. And when I became that star, you know, little kids used to come up to me And I had my own mini basketball camp at 14 and 15. And so I said, after I work out, I'm going to work you guys out. And I've been training ever since. You know, you're talking about like 20 plus years. But a lot of that, the 20 plus years was for free. I was just doing it because I love to do it. I love to see people get better. And it ended up turning into a skill set that created a brand, you know, for myself, you know, so. I think that, uh, you know, just, and I'm enjoying it. I'm enjoying the process, now, even this podcast. I'm not going to look at the numbers of podcasts. Uh, it doesn't matter, you know, well, we're just going to keep on working until putting out some great uh, information. And before you know it, we'll have us have an archive that a player can actually binge through mm-hmm. and this it'll change his whole mindset of how he even sees sports basketball and what he can do business-wise or for his family. So uh, Stephen, another great podcast. Um, you can catch us both on social media at Coach Gowin, at Steve Lombardo. Steve, do you have anything else for the audience?
1: No, I just, you know, I want the young people to understand that uh, we're building this uh, wealth of information for them, and I hope that they take advantage of it because uh, I'm not sure that there's very many people out here divulging this type of information, and the connections that you, Meissen, and myself bring to the table uh, is a unique combination. So I hope they're taking advantage of it.
0: There you go. All Rock Pill podcast. Make sure you subscribe on iTunes and Android. Till next time. God first, work until. Peace.